0: morning. Today is the Lord's Day. We get to worship. Today is Veterans Day. We get to thank those who served our nation and uh, were part of our armed forces. So if you're a veteran in the house, stand up. Give us a wave. Let us see. Let us know. Very cool. Thank you. You know, even on our worst day here in the United States, it is much better than some of the best days in other nations where they're being persecuted for faith. Can't walk out in the street and even own or hold a Bible. And um, we get to freely come here and we get to worship. We get to walk out into the streets. We get to shop in stores. We, we have employment. We have the ability to do a lot of things. And I am grateful for our nation and I am grateful for those who do and have served it I was with my mom this weekend and we were talking about my dad's time in the military and she just teared up and she said he did that so you would have a better life and I thought how cool is that how cool um several things some things at the first of this year we had a wish list we had a wish list of some things that we wanted God if you could just let it happen it would be very cool to us One of them was a new soundboard. Um, We have a brand new soundboard. God provided it. Yes. It did not come out of church operating money in any way. It was a donation. It was a gift. Um, We needed some other things related to um, broadcasting um, our service over the internet. God provided those things. But one of the really big things that we wanted to do was we wanted different choir risers. We wanted choir choir risers that... um, removable, that were functional, that matched, that were a lot of different things, but when we went and priced them, it was maybe about $5,000, and as y'all well know, $5,000 is not in the budget, but then we got a, an email two weeks ago that said, hey, we have these things, but um, and we don't need them, would you like them? And you notice that God even chose the carpet color that matches so I want to tell you, those are big deals. You think, ah, is that really a big deal? Oh, yes, it's a really a big deal because it enables us to host community choirs. It enables us to, to reconfigure and do different things. But I want to tell you that when you lay what you, your wants and your needs before God, I think God gets really happy in meeting those needs and providing for His church. And, and I'll tell you how this encourages me you know that this week is November the 13th. And you know this week is the week that we've got to work with the bank and this is all of that. And you know that we had those meetings going on. We talked to the bank and they said, you know what? We're in conversation. We have some options that we want to present to you. All of the options were very cool, by the way. I don't know which option it's going to be just yet. But I thought, God, just a little bouquet of roses is that you gave us Things on that, just that wish list that said, I'm not done with you. Let's just keep on doing what we do. And uh, this this edition was put in Friday and Saturday, I guess. Friday and Saturday. And so I'm very grateful to God. I'm very grateful to you for believing. I'm very grateful to you for showing up and uh, and being here and ready to get into the Word today. And by the way, worship team, great job today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I love that we can be reminded that in the end, God wins, Satan is defeated. But that really is a perfect introduction to this message today because in 2 Peter 5.8 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if I read that and I don't know the end, it sounds like that he's got the opportunity to take me out. And, but here's the thing. He knows his future. His future is not in question to him. What he has said is until my end comes, I'm going after as many people as I can. And that includes you and it includes me. He says, I'm going after you. I'm going to go after your health. I'm going to go after your thoughts. I'm going to go after your resources. I'm going to go after your relationships. I'm going to go after your church. I'm going to go after your nation. I'm going to go after your county. I'm going to go after your politics. I'm going to go after anything I can go after to get you to believe that I've won, that you've lost, that God is not real, and He says, follow me. But I want to tell you there's another follow me in Scripture that is much more resounding than the follow me of Satan and it's the follow me of Jesus he says follow me and I will do this for you but we do need to be wise the scripture instructs be sober be vigilant be on your guard be on your eyes wide open and make sure somebody's got your six and make sure all of these things are happening because Satan is powerful but he's limited In fact, it reminds me of the passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 10-4 where it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, that just means of this world. They're not human weapons. Are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, y'all need to hear me. That's the weapon that we need to appropriate. It's kind of like the old saying, You don't take a knife to a gunfight. You don't take human weapons to a spiritual battle because Satan would love it and he knows that if you come in your power, you're defeated. That's why Zechariah made sure he wrote, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's where the battle is won. That's where the victory belongs to us. I told you Satan is your enemy. Satan is powerful. There's a battle that's coming, the scripture tells you. You become a follower of Christ, you will enter spiritual warfare. And your enemy, I want you to know this right now, he is skilled. He knows your weakness, he knows where to attack you. Have you ever noticed that, that he does not attack you at the place that you're the strongest? Where you're submitted to God and surrendered to God, he always hits you at the low spot. He hits you at the place that you're the weakest. He hits you at the place that he knows he can get you. That's because he knows you're vulnerable. And he comes there. So he's powerful. He's skilled. He's clever. He knows that he had a beginning. He knows that this is his prime time. Because he knows, as we read earlier, that he's going to be defeated. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. I think oftentimes in our lives, kind of where we get is we resist the devil, wait for him to flee, and when it all falls apart, then we submit to God. And James says that's the wrong order. He says, submit to God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He makes your path straight. Resist the devil. And then stand there and go, see ya. Because it's by God's power that he's been defeated. And that's where we want to live. So we know his tactics. We've talked about this in this whole series of spiritual warfare. We know that Satan wants to prevent you from praying because when you you stop praying, you become self-sufficient. He wants to prevent unity because we're divided. And divided, we do fall. Trust me on that. God went to great lengths to say the cord of three strands. He went to great lengths to give us the story of Moses and Aaron and Her and holding up the arms in the middle of the battle. He did that so that we would understand. He went to great lengths to show us that Jesus chose out 12 and from 12 he chose 3. He went to great lengths to show us that every Paul needs a Timothy. He said you need each other. Satan wants to divide you. And that's why he said up there, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary. It doesn't just happen. Unity takes work. And he says, I want you, the people, my church, I want you to be there. He wants to prevent commitment because that leads to complacency. He wants to prevent joy because that creates discouragement. He wants to prevent spiritual growth because that allows for temptation. Those are the things that Satan is trying to do to you. And then let's take our Bibles, because I want us to get back into Ephesians, chapter 6, and we'll read it all again, chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, where it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. At the, at the risk of being very redundant here, he says, Finally, after he says, this is what I want you to believe, this is how I want you to live it out, but go ahead and know ahead of time, if you do, you're going to face a battle. He says, so finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How do you stand against the wiles of the devil? In the armor of God. He says, so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual host. You see that? It's not just one devil. It's spiritual host. In other words, an infinite army is coming to destroy your spiritual hope and belief. Um, Spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul says it's time to get up. Paul time, says actually says it's time to wake up. He says it's time to get up. He says, it's time to dress up. And then he says, it's time for us to stand up. And he says, I want you to get dressed. And over these last three or four weeks, we've been getting dressed with a spiritual battle. We have put on the, the belt. We have put on the shoes. We have put on the breastplate. We've taken our shield. And then we have put on our helmet. And he says, this morning, and do it with me, he says, it's time to draw your sword. He says, because that is the weapon. Have you noticed that to this point? It should be obvious, but just in case. Have you noticed that everything that we have put on to this moment is a defensive position? It guards your mind. It guards your midsection. It guards your feet. It's for defending yourself. He says, I'm going to give you one weapon. He says, the weapon that I'm going to give you is the sword of the Spirit. He says, that sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So if you're going to resist the devil, if we're going to take spiritual ground, we're going to have to be defensively protected and we're going to have to be offensively minded and we're going to have to wield the sword because if we try to win in any other fashion, we will be defeated by temptation, we will be defeated by discouragement, we will be defeated by division, we will be defeated by complacency, and we cannot overcome So he's talking to us this morning about putting on or taking up this sword of the Spirit. But I want to show you something because that's just one place. I want to give you other passages of Scripture that talk to us about this sword. About this weapon that is not of this world. This weapon that's mighty from God for the pulling down of strongholds in your life. And let's just begin, and we'll, I'll read to you Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the, even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the word of God. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture, Genesis to Revelation is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for, peru- for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's the sword of the Spirit. That's the word of God. This is the thing that you need to have in your life. Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Psalm 119, 9, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your word. So young men, the next time you have a nasty little thought and you go, how do I get rid of it? You pick up your Bible. It's the soap for your soul. That's what it does. And you can say, well, today I'm going to be strong. And today I'm going to redirect myself. And those are important things. But you do not redirect yourself through just willpower. You do it through a spiritual battle. Whoa. Need to do all that? Spiritual battle that comes from God through God. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, "The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever." Matthew 4, 4 says, "But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." Now you've got to understand the context here. This is God himself. This is Jesus on earth. He is in the middle of a battle and he's facing temptation. And all he had to do was speak any word he wanted to speak. And he could have made anything go away. But he chose to disciple you in this moment. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by the word of God. If Jesus needed the word of God to survive on earth, what do you think you need? And Satan wants us to become self sufficient. He doesn't want us to pray because if we pray, Lord, direct me, Lord, show me, Lord, guide me, God's going to say, Get in my word, get in my word, get in my word. Because when Jesus was in the wilderness, the word spoke the word so that we would have a word for the rest of our lives. Psalm 33:4 says, For the word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. That's what he's speaking to us. Again, James 4, 7. Therefore, (laughs) because the word of God is all of these things. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. And then he will flee from you. It's the same as Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then these things overcome or overcome. See, I've lived long enough, I've met people often enough that I know that when we sit in church, everybody's bringing their past with them. Your past actions, your past sin, your past relationship, your past financial choices, all of those things, we bring them to church with us. And then, when we bring them to church and we sit here and we're thinking that surely there's going to be a note that's hit or a, song, a word that's sung or a message that's preached, and it's going to be like a magic wand that gets waved over the congregation, and you're going to leave here and your life is going to be okay. And then we get out there and we're like, God, I came to church today. Why is my life still a mess? Because you're still acting the way you acted on the other side. He says, Come to church. Get in the word, hang out with other believers, resist, stand, persevere. It's not a magic potion. It's an almighty God who says in the seeking me, in the working out with me, I strengthen you, I give you faith, I help you to love people you can't love. I help you to say no to things that you had to say yes to all of your life. I have allowed you to forgive and I've also forgiven you. It's the sword of the Spirit. But see, you don't know that unless you read the instructions. He says, do that. So, when we talk about this levels of interacting with the Word of God, there's not one that's better than the other because they're all important. But if you've been walking for God at any length of time, you should be able to see a progression in your life from level one down to the last level that we'll talk about today. Davis gave our family, gave to me and Gail, a membership to the zoo for Christmas last year. He gave it to us strictly for the sole purpose of being able to take Chase to the zoo. Well, it is not fun taking a one-month-old to the zoo, by the way. So we waited a little while before we, got, we activated the membership because it's good for 12 months after you activate it. And I was reading the brochure, and the brochure said that this is the basic level. And if you sign up for the basic level, you get this. And then if it's level two, you get everything in level one, but also you get this and this. And then, of course, you know there was level 3 and there was level 4, and all of them cost more um, for whatever, depending on. But it's kind of the same thing is true with Scripture. There's some basic things you ought to do, and when you accomplish level 1, you get all the benefits of level 2, but you add the benefits of greater and more in-depth study to the Word of God. So let's just start looking at it right now. It says this, the first thing that I think we ought to understand is that The first level is you receive the Word of God. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So level one, receiving the Word of God, is that you are reading a daily devotional. You are sitting in a Bible study. You're sitting in church. You're listening to Christian radio. You'll turn on YouTube or the TV and hear somebody begin to pour out onto you, thus says the Lord. That is a good place to be. You want to be receiving the Word of God. You want to receive it through teaching. You want to receive it through music. You want to receive it through um, interacting with other believers. But here's now. It's also the most dangerous. It's the most dangerous because... You're to- totally relying on what the person says to you. You're not checking the facts. You don't know if it's if Ravi Zacharias is right or Joel Osteen is right. You don't know if it's Joyce Meyer or Beth Moore. Because, and because let me tell you, they have very different ideas and beliefs about who God is and how you interact with God. But again, it's not bad to be under teaching and it's not bad to be a person who is simply receiving the word of God. It's Again, I'll use my grandson. Up until this point, his mama has fed him. Last week, he got to, at six months, he got to start eating green beans. Man, we had a good time with green beans, I'm going to tell you. Man, you can make green beans look like a lot of things. I'm just going to tell you. Um... <laughs> But he's receiving more. We need to be receiving more. Howard Hendricks said this The greatest tragedy among Christians today is that too many of us are under the Word of God, but not in the Word of God. You want to be under it, you want to do that, but you want to get to the place in your life where you are reading it, discerning it for yourself. Nick and I were having a conversation a week ago. He said, I don't think you tell me anything on Sunday that I haven't already heard in 42 years of church. That is probably a true statement to which I responded, quit sitting under it and go get your life group and start teaching it. Because once you're in it, you then need to be giving it to other people. Because I will promise you this, I will bore you soon enough. If you sit here long enough, you're going to hear me repeat a story. You're going to hear me preach the same passage. After 20 years, I promise you I have done some do-overs. All right? I love do-overs. Do-over weeks are amazing because you're like, man, I already got some good study on that thing. And you don't start from scratch. But you don't want that to be the sum total of your life. Man, you want to be in the Word. But the first level is that we want to be people who receive the Word. Once you receive the word, once you've been sitting under it, the next level is you read the word. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, you see that? It's not a read one page and life is all of a sudden amazing. It's through endurance. It's through encouragement. You know what? That's why i got to be in church together. That's why I need to be in a life group. Because if I endure... And you encourage. It's this amazing collision between the human and the divine. And they collide and I spiritually grow. I need to be a person who is reading the word of God. Begin to look for ways to consistently interact with the scripture. On a consistent basis for yourself. Say how do I do that? It's very often we get a text. Hey, where should I read? What should I do? What is, the, what is a good place to begin? Where's my spot? Well, first of all, I'll tell you this. With the, with the internet today and Bible reading plans, you can download UVersion. UVersion has reading plans, and they are very good. They'll guide you through something. They're a great place to start. There are internet tools, and there are books that you can go to any Christian bookstore and buy that'll say, hey, if you want to know more You read it and then learn these things about it. It's available to you. So we receive the word. We read the word. We begin to research the word. Psalm 119 in 10 and 11. And I just need to turn there right quick. I apologize. I thought I had it marked. Psalm 119 verses 10 and 11 says this. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I received the word. I'm letting people teach it to me. I'm reading the word. I'm beginning to gain insight for myself. Now I'm researching the word man, I've got a Bible that I'm reading and God shows me the definition of a word. God gives me an insight. I'm going off to the side and I'm writing that down. So the next time I come to that passage, I've got a foundation that takes me to another place. Now, I've, I've found this word. And I'm like, okay, God, teach, teach me more about it. So now I'm opening up my, my resources. I'm, I'm typing it into the search bar. And I'm saying, somebody out there has had this thought so Lord, show me more about it. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against It was this week in Bible study we were talking about in Galatians um, where it says, "Bear one another 's burdens, carry your own load." and Vicky gave us an amazing I told you we were going to hear this. Um, Vicky gave us an amazing illustration about a soldier. if that soldier is in of good health and that soldier has no um, extenuating circumstances, that soldier is expected to carry their pack, their weapon, anything they need to do their job, they are expected to do that. That is carry your own load. But then the other side, it says bear one another's burdens. So at the moment that that soldier gets hurt or in any way incapacitated, it is the expectation and responsibility and actually the command for every other soldier to step in and get that person that's fallen To safety. You see, you don't get that just by receiving. You get that by digging. You get that by getting into the Word and saying, what's the difference between carrying my burden and carrying somebody else's load or the vice versa of that? Man, you want to be receiving the Word. You want to be taught. You want to be reading the Word and getting questions that you want to formulate. And then you want to research the Word to answer those questions. Don't wait. You say, well, I'm not too smart. I read the Bible. It doesn't make sense. But again, it's where that divine Holy Spirit, that human effort and the the, the human effort and the divine collide, and the Holy Spirit reveals to you things that you could have never understood just by intellect alone. And you say, does it really happen? Y'all need to listen to me. I flunked out of college twice. I mean, somewhere it went from lack of understanding to understanding. And it was a divine clash. It's one of the greatest things in the world when it happens. And so that that receiving and that reading and that researching. Now, I got to reflect on it. Joshua 1.8 says this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Man, that is meditating. Christianity has made, allowed meditation to become an ugly word. Oh, I'm not going to meditate because that's not of God. Actually, it is of God. It's God's Word and somebody else hijacked it. God said, meditate on my Word. Ponder my Word. Think about my Word. Dwell on my Word. Write down about my Word. Journal my Word. Paul says, I'm an ambassador in chains. I mean, that dude was just journaling. And the Holy Spirit anointed it and called it the divine Word of God. And now we're reading it and studying it over 2,000 years later. And write those stories down. Write them down for your children, your grandchildren, for your spouse, for yourself. Because I promise you, life does this. It kind of goes in circles. And when it goes in circles, what do we do? We always wind up back where we were at some other point in time. And when you get to that spot, pick it up and say, this is what God told me back there. God, you told me that there. I'm going to claim it today. Then you want to meditate on it. You want to reflect on it. You want to journal about it. You want to ask the question, how does this apply to me? God, is this a specific instruction you're giving to me today from my circumstances? Or is this something you're saying that applies to the entire church right now in this moment? And the answer can be both. You can be interacting with somebody and the scripture love your neighbor comes into your mind and it is for you at that moment. Because you may want to act or react in a way that does not honor God, does not build unity and hurts your testimony. True story. Maybe about a month ago, six weeks ago, not too long ago, I left the church and I went at home and right after you cross 138 there's a McDonald's on the left and all of those roads just go down to to two lanes there's a this way and a that way and I was here there was a person here we did not either of us want to give I felt like I was right he obviously felt like he was right. So, <laughs> so, so, so I mashed the gas. It was clear in the other lane, so I went around it. I thought crisis averted. Two could have been a problem. It worked out well. He didn't run off the road. I didn't hit anybody. We didn't collide. I'm driving home going, man, we're amazing. I get to the end of that road, and Ingalls is on my left, and there's a red light. I turn left, and I think, oh, wow, that guy just turned left. I didn't think a whole lot about it, but I keep on going. I get to my neighborhood, and I turn in, and I'm like, oh, wow, that guy just turned left. (laughs) Still didn't think that much about it because a lot of people on that road. So I go to the road that's my road, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, that guy just turned left. (laughs) I get to my driveway. I turn into my driveway, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, that guy just turned right. That was my driveway. Now I'm a little nervous. <laughs> he gets out of his car, starts walking up my driveway. And he says, do you know you ran me off the road? And I want you all to know, before the words came out, there was an entire conversation <laughs> that is not sufficient for work. <laughs> I mean, that's where I was, my, kind of my mind was. I was like, no, I'm not going to answer you right now because I don't think I like you. And the Spirit of God, I promise it was the Spirit of God because I know what Chris wanted to say. He said, no, sir, I did not realize I did that. I am very sorry. His countenance changed. He looked at me and he said, okay, I'm sorry too. I'm like, does that mean we don't have to fight? I mean, I was kind of glad about that. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Man, but you reflect on the word because in those moments when what you put in comes out and that came out and I was like, oh, wow. I told Gail and she said, and you weren't ugly. (laughs) And I said, no, I promise I wasn't. It was somewhere between an eye roll and a hug. She was like, okay, come here. But man, you receive it. You read it. You research it. You reflect on it. And in those moments, the scripture says, when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. And I was grateful. How does this apply to me? Love your neighbor. But that also applies to all of us. Love your neighbor. Because then, you see, you're going to get to the place where you're going to have to recall the word. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Have you ever had that moment that I was just talking about when what comes out? You think, man, I didn't even know that. How did that come out? How did I know to say that? How did I know to pray that? How did I know to have that word for somebody in that moment? Because the Holy Spirit is always on duty. And He is ready to rock on your behalf. He is ready to give you words that amaze you. He is ready to give you words that calm situations, comfort souls, encourage believers. He's ready to give you the word that gives you faith so that you can step out beyond what you think is even possible in your life. John said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Man, what are John's teaching points there? He says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you read. The Holy Spirit will make you, will lead you to make decisions based on the word of God. He will give you God's perspective. And I want to tell you this. Anytime you get God's perspective, that is a miracle. Because the scripture says, apart from the miracle of the virgin birth, the sinless life, the death on the cross, and the resurrection, you are alien, alienated enemy of God. Not capable of good. And John says, do this. And God does that. You receive it, you read it, you research it, you reflect on it. You recall it, and then you get to respond to it. Let's read James 1, 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. See, that's why you don't need to get stuck on number one of receiving the word. Because he says, don't just be a person who receives it, but be a person who grows, matures, grows and grows up in this thing says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, which, by the way, I think the greatest purchase in any household is a full-length mirror that has a rear view. I'm just telling you. I think you need to look at the front of it and say, I look like this today. And then you need to peek around there and say, whoa, I look like that today. And you might need to change outfits. That's free. That is not anything about this passage, but I'm telling you, it will bless your life. All right, he says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and afterward looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So, this is what James has just said. He said, when you wake up in the morning, and you make that first trip to the bathroom, and you look over there in that mirror, and you see bedhead and eye crusties. You know what I'm talking about, right? He said, you're not going to forget that you got bedhead and eye crusties. You're going to fix your hair and you're going to wash your eyes. He said, because you've reflected on it, you remember it, you see it. He said, so many times we wake up and we see our life and we know where it is, but because we don't want to persevere and because we don't want to put in the effort and because we really don't want to do it God's way, we want to be in control. We look, we see, but we walk away and go, I think I'm okay today. Until we step out into the world and we bring our unsurrendered self to Christ and we either react in anger or we pull down the whole room. He says, don't do it. Look at the Word. Reflect on the Word. Let the Word show you who you really are. Let the Word of God permeate you. Get freedom. Continue in it. You will be blessed in what you do. What are James' teaching points here? The apex of Christianity is not just to listen to or read the Bible. The goal is to interact with it, to re-interact with the Bible so that it transforms our behavior, our values, our choices. He says reflect and respond. He says then receive blessing. I want to ask you this morning, what level are you on today? Again, there's no bad level. You understand that, right? Anything that you say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm there, doesn't matter. All of them are good. But I want to ask you, where are you? I guess the next question I would ask you is are you content there? Are you do you want to see the greater and best things of God in your life? Do you want to move to the next level with it? Do you want to grow? Do you want to still fall and falter in the same places that you fell and faltered in the past? A moment ago, I told you about the conversation that Pastor Russell and I and Nick were having. It was an amazing conversation. Because the result of that conversation led to, I think I want to go to the next level. I think I want to do more. In fact, I think the comment was, I learned more by studying than I do by listening. And that's what God wants to do in your life. The sword of the Spirit. Everything else is defensive. But He says, you pick up that sword and you begin to wield it. Knock down the strongholds. Break the the chains. Bring people up. Take people with you. And watch the Spirit of God do amazing, miraculous, unbelievable things. In fact, I would tell you, if you want to hear a really cool testimony, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, If you want to hear a really cool testimony of interacting with the Word and the Word breaking down strongholds and setting free, come Wednesday night because Joy's going to share a little bit of her story in our boundary study about how God set her free from something that for years had a grip on her life. I've heard the story, I'm telling you. It's a good story. And I would not be surprised if after that Wednesday night that somebody else didn't raise their hand and say, Hey, let me tell you about my story, how God came and interacted in my life and and he set me free. It's an amazing thing. This book, it's alive. It's active. It will guide you to the place that you are longing for in this very moment. Because... In this book, Jesus is revealed. In Jesus' life. Father, I thank you for your word. A living word. A word that's alive. A word that's active. A word that is stepping into where we are right now. and, uh, And literally transforming us. And in the areas that we're not being transformed, it stands ready with power to do it. So God, today, I pray... That in this room, Holy Spirit, that you would fall like fire from heaven. Fall like you did on the day that Elisha was in front of the prophets of Baal. And it just consumed. And and you were demonstrated to be almighty and holy and amazing and awesome God. God, I pray that you would do that in our lives today. That we would seek out your Holy Spirit. That we would... Seek out your truth, that we would truly worship through the Spirit and for the purpose of truth. God, I thank you that you gave us a fortress of, of belts and breastplates and helmets and shields. But God, I t- thank you also that you gave us a sword that says, Charge. Charge charge life, charge culture, charge prevailing mindsets, and that you are giving us the chance to be your voice this day. Father, I pray if one does not know you as Savior, that this morning would be the moment that 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 would break and they would come and say, I want Christ. Lord, I pray for the one that's being overcome by circumstances. God, would you... Raise them up through being here together and through the teaching of your word. Would you encourage them? Would you give them the courage to stand and the faith to see how you can take control? Lord, we pray for families. As we do each week, in just a moment, we're going to stand and, and sing or stand and praise, and stand and respond. This morning, as God has spoken to you, would you take a step of faith, a step of courage and say, today, I want to solidify my relationship with God through Christ. I want to publicly declare that I need to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. I want to unite with the church. I want to step up and serve. Or perhaps you're not there and you just say, today I want to step out and say, oh, it was me. I'm the one that needs prayer. And we are ready. We are so ready to pray for you. So Father, this is A time that you've allowed, appointed, anointed, would you break out in us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, sing,
1: respond.
0: This is the time in our service um, where we have appointed it to, we are going to partake in the Lord's Supper. Oftentimes, most of us know what the Lord's Supper is. Occasionally we have people that are not yet familiar with it, and I want to explain it to you. It's a time where we remember, we celebrate, we give thanks to Christ for the fact that He sacrificed His blood, His body, and He shed His blood For the forgiveness of our sins. He made us have the ability to have that relationship with God. We symbolize it through um, the taking of bread and the drinking of juice. In fact, the scripture says, every time we do this part of our service, it says, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. It's sharing the gospel with one another. It's saying that, I believe Jesus I believe in his death I believe in his resurrection and the fact that he paid the penalty for our sin so I'm going to open us up in prayer and then gentlemen if you'll pass out the the first of the elements then we'll um, proceed with the Lord's Supper father we thank you that we get to proclaim Jesus we thank you that we can proclaim that he is life that he is salvation that he is forgiveness I thank you that we get to proclaim his word that says, if I go away, that I will send one to to live inside of you, to dwell in you, that will interpret all things for you. Lord, we get to say Jesus is truth. And we thank you for that. And as we take part in this time, we do it with full recognition that Jesus is life.